and welcome to Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. This week, I do have my co-host Mike back with me. Hello, Mike. Hello. And we are going to be covering part three of Failed Franchises February. Uh, this one here, I, I have some on here that... A lot of people would consider failed. I, there, there's one in particular that I really like, and I know, Mike, you like it as well, so it's not one that we want to necessarily call failed, other than people just didn't watch the show, which sucks. Yeah. Uh, my favorite here that we want to talk about for sure, Clerks, the animated series. <laughs> I, I love this show. It basically was a straight rip of the TVs of the movies only they changed a couple of things, which I understand why they had to do it. They, they put in Jay and silent Bob as firecracker dealers. Cause they really couldn't have pot smokers on primetime hey. TV. Well, plus it's ABC and their parent company is Disney and you know, yeah, but I mean, you know, I really liked it for what it was. The problem was, is that it basically got two episodes on TV and then just, died uh and they they didn't really get good screening uh, test screening on audiences they had low ratings showed they said the show really didn't fit in with abc's other programming and then abc did they did the firefly thing and god that's another thing we should probably cover at some point but what they did was they started showing all of this stuff out of order. They they ran the fourth episode first, as opposed to the intended first episode, and then aired the second episode, despite the fact that the second episode is a flashback episode, which makes fun of the very first episode. So it was really confusing as all hell, which it that's what sucked about this. And people were probably like, what the hell is going on? I don't get this. No. And they just tuned it out. Uh, they did release six episodes of the show, uh, all six episodes on DVD in 2001, and it actually has found success. <laughs> so I'm glad for that. If you guys haven't seen it, go out and watch it. It actually is really, really pretty funny. Um, they bring back, you know, they have Kevin Smith, they have Jeff Anderson, Brian O'Halloran, you know, Jason Mewes. They have, like, most of the original cast on the show, which I thought was great. Uh, do you have any favorites out of this series, Mike? Did um, you see any of them? Honestly, they're Clerks. I, I liked Clerks when I finally saw it. I think I saw it in, like, 2004, 2000. It, it had been a while. Like, I, I had heard of it. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine's husband used to be in love with it and used to this was like back in the 90s when when uh when Kevin Smith was still doing real filmmaking um you know and my you know my buddy said oh this is the best thing ever and it's clerks and it's clerks the animated series blah 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 i knew nothing like in the 90s i didn't know mall rats was a cat. i mean i knew Obviously, I saw the guy's name in Mallrats, but didn't know anything about the VSQ universe, didn't know anything about Kevin Smith or any of his films, and 
And actually, I think I said this on the Mallrats episode when we did that way back when, that Mallrats was the first film I saw. I saw Clerks after I had seen Mallrats. And, and um, with this animated series, it's good. It's it's interesting. I wish it had been on a different network at the time or something or other, so that way it could have maybe lived a little longer. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I hate to say this because as much as I hate the network, but I have a feeling that if it had ended up on Cartoon Network, it actually might have gone somewhere. Well, they could have put it on, like, what they have now as Adult Swim or Toonami or something like that. They wouldn't have put it on, like, prime time. They oh, just wouldn't. Yeah. Um, the best thing for me about Clerks is um, Kevin Michael Richardson. For now, though, courage. Yes. <laughs> I, I love that, the fact that they brought him in to voice and just, you know, I, I love all the characters that they have, all the voices that they have, you know, it was just great, and unfortunately, everything kind of just went to shit because of it. And funny I mentioned this because because of the whole out-of-sequence airing, but IGN actually made the same comparison to Firefly. <laughs> uh, you know, it was just... It's sad that it kind of just fell apart. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Smith did say at one point in time that he wanted to do... A uh, he wanted to keep going on this, and he wanted to bring it back. And he actually said this at Comic Con, but obviously ha- things haven't really come up with anything, so it kind of sucks on this. Uh, and part of that's because Disney Corporation still owns the rights to it, so they're trying to get they're trying to see if they can actually get this and do a direct to video film. You know, have stuff come out, but mm-hmm. I doubt it's ever going to happen. Well. They have that new, um, they have that new Jay and Silent Bob super groovy cartoon movie thing that they're doing, and yeah, they have all that. Um, I, I honestly think, personally, after how well Clerks Two ended, he needs to go and create something else. Uh, you know, there's been a bunch of not necessarily rumors, but news items in the last year and a half or so that he's do, he's doing Clerks 3, he's working on the script, or the script is done, or something or other. It's like, Clerks 2 ended on such a damn good note. Why would you sit there and make Clerks 3? Why not go out and make something original? Or take other characters that you've mentioned in your universe and make a movie out of them. Or, you know, something like that. Instead of, like, I swear to God, Kevin Smith and George Lucas are the two people in film history that continually go back and redo the same shit that they've always done. Well, you know, in- I had I, I had my thoughts on Clerks 3. And basically my thoughts were, don't have Randall and Dante in it. Have, because Dante has a kid at the end of Clerks 2. Mm-hmm. Have the kid getting their first job in a call center. <laughs> I swear to God, there is so much material that they could use for that kid would be smart you know you'd have this kid be like some sort of super genius that would end up sitting in there and getting paid minimum wage to fix people's computer shit answering dumbass questions and give them the attitude of randall Mm -hmm. problem solved but you know they they could even call it instead of calling it clerks three call it tex there you go 
<laughs> I, I, you know, I shit you not, there were so many things that I could pull from my own experiences at Cox that people would blow their minds. And it's, you know, it, granted, it would probably end up being the IT crowd as a film, mm. but it would be hilarious. And I think it would, I think it would work, but you know, what do I know? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, this was just, it was a great series. Uh, kind of like another one that I want to mention that I really liked. I know you liked it as well. And I don't want to say it's a, I don't want to say it's a failure, but it's a failure in the network's eyes, and so they killed it after two seasons. Mm-hmm. This is another one that showed up on Cartoon Network. <laughs> uh, we've all heard of the Justice League, right? We all mm-hmm. know about you know the Flash and uh, Superman, Batman, and all them. Well, they had another show that was actually really pretty good, and I really liked it was kind of a spin-off of that called Young Justice. <laughs> I I don't see I don't think that's a failed franchise. That that show had two very damn good seasons of it. I think where it fails is the fact that at the end of 2012, beginning 2013, somewhere around that time a couple of years ago, Cartoon Network basically I remember the begin- end of 2011, beginning of 2012, Cartoon Network was like, yes, we have this big deal with WB and DC and all this stuff, and we're going to do DC Nation, and it's going to be all these great cartoons. You're going to get Green Lantern. You're going to get Beware the Batman. You're going to get blah, 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 blah. You're going to get Young Justice. You're going to get all this stuff. And, you know, as time went on through 2012 and 2013, they slowly killed off Thundercats. They eventually let Young Justice end and not get renewed. Same thing with Green Lantern. Uh, same thing with Boy the Batman. So I don't see these as failed franchises because it's not the franchise's fault. It's the friggin' network and their, oh, well, this isn't making us any money or, oh, well, this, this doesn't get good enough ratings. Are you kidding me? How many of us watch superhero cartoons or watch, um, you know, would want to watch a updated version of the Thundercats? You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah. And, and I guess maybe what I'm saying when I'm talking failed franchises is the franchise itself. We loved them, but they failed because they weren't making toy sales. They weren't making immediate yeah, DVD sales. That's where it was considered a failure, if you want to call it that. And, see, and that's and that's the other thing. Uh, you know, you have and honestly, you this is a problem. Where you have uh, Mattel has most of the DC licenses or something or other, and but Mattel only works unless it's Barbie. They only work for the most part in subscription models where you have to commit to buying a hundred and something dollars worth of toys for an entire year or whatever. And, and don't get me wrong, folks. I know there are certain DC toys on the shelves in toy stores, but. Most of Mattel these days, unless it's Barbie, is a subscription model where you commit to buy all of these figures for an entire year and then they end up screwing you half the time. But that's a discussion for a whole other day. Um, I hate the fact that any property, doesn't matter which what it is, it needs to have X, Y, and Z for A, B, and C to continue to function. Uh, 
Thundercats needs to have a, a successful, profitable toy line in order for them to continue to make a cartoon. Are you kidding me? Seriously? Really? That's yeah. like, I, I mean, I know He-Man came out, uh, the He-Man toy line came out in 82. Cartoon came out in 83, ran for two years in 85. By 85, they weren't done with the toy line. They were still hitting the stride. They went into Princess of Power and all that stuff, but you know, Transformers, that started in 84. The cartoon started in 84. Granted, the the, the, the toy line went after 87, even though the cartoon stopped in 87. It's just one of those things where that's one of my biggest pet peeves where anyone on the internet or wherever says, oh, well, if the toy line doesn't sell, that means they're not going to keep the media on TV. I hate, that is the one thing I hate about today's society when it comes to Hollywood in general is – we need to profit from merchandising so we can have a decent product on television. Are you kidding me? No, it's it's the other way around, folks. It's the other way yeah. around. Jesus. Yeah. You know, that's the problem. And just nobody listens to that. And that's uh. – so I think we'll move on from that topic. We, we both admit Young Justice was a great series, had great acting – the writing was top notch. I, I just don't think it was lasting because they didn't make their toy sales, which. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, moving on from that, let's go in here to another subject that I kind of liked. Uh, well, I, I should say, I'm going to start off. This was a TV series that ended up becoming a movie. And. The TV series I thought was pretty good. The movie itself was a horrible, horrible flop. Uh, folks, I'm, I am referring to the Wild Wild West. Yes. <laughs> okay, I, I know, I know, I know. Uh, it ran for four seasons on CBS. They had 104 episodes, ran from 65 to 69, and basically... What it was, for those who've never seen the show, is it was kind of meant to be James Bond on horseback. Uh, you had two Secret Service agents. One was named James West. The other one was Artemis Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, In the TV series, you had Robert Conrad and Ross Martin playing their roles. And they were basically Secret Service agents of President Ulysses Grant. And it was kind of neat because of some of the stuff they had. They had... Uh, Spy, they had like spy stuff that they were working with, but they were mostly part of a steampunk type subculture, Victorian era Verne, you know, Jules Verne type technology, which was kind of mm-hmm. kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of got thrown in with the 1999 movie adaptation that they did. <laughs> I love that movie. I don't care. I love that movie. That's where I got my line where I will say sometimes, oh, that was just a breast of fresh air. Oh, God. (laughs) You know, I (laughs) yes, does the movie have problems? Yes. But, like, how the hell did the two of them get up there in that that water tower to have the hot tub? Like, seriously, who? Yeah. I know it was probably a ladder on the cider, but, but... the inventions and and the 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 wonder train and all that stuff and well and and the rope i thought the rope trick was hilarious yeah the elastic rope which he uses yeah. to get out of being hung that was pretty good 
but I don't know. Just you he, could. He, well, you got to look at it this way, and I, and I'm not trying to convince you to like this movie. I know you're never going to, but you got to look at it this way. This is at a time, you know, '99, we're a few years removed from Men in Black, and this is also Barry Sonnenfeld. So he did both Men in Black and this. So it's that kind of Will Smith humor that you know that we have here, and. For, I think it's hilarious pairing up Will Smith and Kevin Klein because they're not at all the same. We have throughout history, folks, a tradition of pairing a a Caucasian and an African-American person together in film and television. You know, you look at the old I Spy, it's Bill Cosby and who was the other guy? God, I forgot who the white guy was. Um, I don't remember. Uh, I know that they redid the movie with um, yeah, Eddie, Eddie Murphy, Murphy and, and uh, Owen Wilson. Oh, yeah, Eddie Murphy and Owen Wilson. Um, but, you know, you know, here you've got <laughs> Jim West with Will Smith and, and Artemis Gordon uh, um, with Kevin Klein here. I, I think one of my favorite lines uh, – is when they finally get to a point where they can team up and they're on the spider and Will Smith turns around and says to Gordon, he says, uh, your chivalry is about to be tested. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were, there were a lot of funny lines in this, but just some of it was kind of stupid. Like when they're out in the cornfields and the saw blades are chasing them around with their giant magnets on their necks. Yeah. I I just was like, really? This is this is a straight Austin Powers, you know, James Bond bad, you know, bad way of being killed. You know, and there was it was intricately disgusting thing for them to try and get into and get out of. And you know, they had some intricate trick to get out of it. I forget what it was exactly off the top of my head now, but they were going to they were gonna try to run each run the other way and obviously it's a magnet so it's going to pull them back together and it eventually pulls them to the point where they are neck and neck with each other so the two things it's cut imagine the wwe and you have triple h and batista just doing a stare down to each other where their their noses are like an inch away from each it's that kind of thing right um and they fall down they they start fighting each other and then oh there's my auxiliary toolkit i must have had it in my pocket (laughs) (laughs) you know i mean that that it was it was okay the very end though i mean the the giant spider yeah i will say the very ending where they (laughs) because the because Loveless destroyed the president's train, he took theirs, and Jim and, and, and Artemis have to go to the next location or go back to Washington in the giant spider. Yeah, that was a little corny. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just, you know, the whole ste- the, the steam-powered wheelchair was – it was cool and it was kind of appropriate for the time. But at the same time, I just was like, hmm. 
you know, that guy, um, Loveless, he's essentially a human version of a Rock'em Sock'em robot. Yeah. And, and Jim West kind of proved that when he punched him and he twirled around. Yeah. I thought that was a little hokey. I mean, it was, it was kind of funny. The best thing about this, though, I'm going to go on and say Salma Hayek. She was, she was, in my opinion, probably one of the best things about this film because they were all drooling over her and, you know, she wanted to go and rescue her dad. Well, what she said was her dad. And then at the very end, you find out, oh, it's her husband. Mm -hmm. Like, ah, she was hot, though. She was hot. Mm -hmm. You know, between that and then the other thing, too, that I liked was when they were talking about the breast size when uh, Kevin Klein is trying to do he's trying to dress like a woman and you know Jim West is there going no 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 here try water in this thing not bird seed you know don't use that <laughs> use water it, it makes it feel much more realistic and they're going back and forth with this as Selma Hayek walks in it's kind of like mm, um hmm <laughs> mm-hmm. so it was it was an okay series you know, the series was much better because they were able to stretch it out over more seasons and have more things going on, more adventures going on. The movie was just where it kind of fell apart for me, and that was it. Yeah, uh, see, that's that's the thing with me. I I don't think I've ever seen the series. Uh, see, I, I remember catching it back on TV Land. It ran ran like back in the 90s, and I remember seeing a couple of episodes of it, and I thought it was great, and I loved it for it, but... You know, they decided to go off in a different direction, and I didn't care for it. It's it was a typical Barry Sonnenfeld film. Now that I've seen, you know, now that I've seen enough with Men in Black, which I loved the first one, second one pretty much sucked, third one probably didn't need to be made. Although, you know, I'll come out and say that. Um, Jeez, what's his name? Uh, Josh. Good God, what is his Brolin. name? Yes, Josh Brolin. Thank you. James Brolin's son did an excellent job. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was great as uh, K, but you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't go anything further than that. It really was not that great of a plot. It was not that great of a film, in my opinion. Uh, well, Men in Black Three is your like. Is your standard comeback and tell an emotional story film? Yeah, yeah. You had the first movie where you set up J and K and you set up the MIB and all this and all that. You had your second film, which is a K-centric story about his past, and in the third film, you have somehow tying J and K together forever with you know the events of the film, and that's all fine and good and dandy, you know. As much as people hate the second movie, I'll say that my favorite thing from that is the old guy in the lobby of the building. <laughs> Where the hell have you guys been? That pretty little lady in there is causing all kinds of hell. Yep. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, I just, I, I don't know. It's And the funny thing about Men in Black is, and I didn't know this until like, four or five years after the original film came out is that that's fucking Goran. That's 
friggin' Robert Gorin from Law. It's Vincent D'Onofrio as as Edgar. It was like, oh yep. my god, I did not know that. Well, and what makes it worse is that you can't really tell is because he keeps you know he keeps putting his chin way down and into his throat mm-hmm. and he's walking around. Oh, oh. Yeah, you know it was it was I, hilarious, but I and you can clearly tell the first two films how dated they are because the first film is nothing but '90s references. Oh yeah, like no one. In filmmaking today, if they made a movie and referenced uh, someone being an alien, no one in their right mind would ever pick Dennis Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, he, he's pretty far out there now when you consider that he was best friends with, you know, Kim Jong-un. So. Oh, God, don't even get me started. Just just don't even. Um, <sighs> now, if they had made a Men in Black 4 or something, I could see them referencing Kanye West being an alien. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's let's hope it just stays at three because it was a nice well, tie off. And- yeah, it, it was a nice tie off. And, you know, I think right now Will Smith needs to focus more on getting Bad Boys 3 done. That's what we need to get done now. <laughs> yes, yes, that was definitely one. That was definitely one franchise which I do not think was a failed franchise at oh, all. Oh no, not at all. <laughs> we uh-uh. will we will have to cover that one for sure, just because I. Oh yeah, I liked both of them. There was hilarity going on in both. I I, I think the only thing that's really stopping them from that is Martin, uh, Michael Bay. Uh, well, not Mike, not so much Michael Bay as it is um, Martin. What's his name? Martin Lawrence, I thought he was all for it. Well, I think that he's been having some some uh, problems outside, you know, personal uh, life problems like drugs and alcohol type stuff. But I, I think he's trying to get cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that he had some problems a while back where he passed out, and he was like trying to he's trying to lose weight or something like that for a role. And he was trying to drop fifty pounds and just kind of fell apart from it. So, you know, I know that he's had some problems in Big Mama's house. You know, Big Mama's House 2 and then 3. Oh, my God. That's a franchise that should have never been made. Oh, God. Tell me about it. You know. What? Okay. Outside of Eddie Murphy and the Nutty Nutty Professor movies. Okay. Outside of those. Because those, to me, are the original ones where you have, you know, the black guy doing all these other roles for the most part or coming to America or whatever else. Outside of that, why is it we live in a day and age where – People like Eddie, um, not Eddie Murphy, um, Martin Lawrence. Yes, people like Martin Lawrence. People like, and I I know everyone loves Tyler Perry, but I'm sorry, I'm so sick of seeing African American men dress up as women. It's just, I don't know. It it just bugs the crap out of me. You know, I, I don't get that at all. I don't see what the humor is. Why? Why is a black man dressing, you know, cross dressing funny? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's yeah, the premise is funny initially, but after you know about thirty minutes through the first movie, you're kind of going, "This is no longer funny. Move it along." And yet they had to come back and make two more. One of which had uh, they were trying to get um, his son out there. You know, it's supposed to be his son mm-hmm. being in league with him, and it just. That didn't work. It did not work at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it was that one was right up there with for me with uh, the the Mummy Curse of the Dragon Emperor. 
or Curse of the Dragon's Tomb, whatever it was. Uh, the third one, which, God, that was awful. Uh, but we'll we'll leave that one well enough alone because I don't really want to discuss it too much. I haven't actually seen most of the movie. So yeah, I don't want to badmouth it too much. But when you have Brandon Frazier and then a guy who looks just like Brendan Frazier and about the same age as Brendan Frazier and it's supposed to be Brendan Frazier's son, there's a really big problem there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, you know, just... A lot of things that probably should have stopped. Um, I do also want to touch. I kind of want to go in because I found some things here for video game franchises. Mm-hmm. And since we haven't really talked much about video games, I wanted to bring up some of these here and mention some of them. Okay. Uh, I want to talk real quick about SOCOM. I'm sure that people have played this one here. This as far as I'm concerned, the original SOCOM was great. The first the first two SOCOM games, they were what really brought us the Call of Duty and the, you know, uh, Halo series type things. I mean, they, they this one really kind of blew it out there as being big for multiplayer because mm-hmm. the idea was that you were working as part of a squad and everybody was kind of going out and trying to do this. You were focusing on team play through a USB microphone on the game. Mm-hmm. which was just, it was genius on PS2. And this was unheard of, the fact that everybody was playing this and going, this is great. And then they kind of fell apart. They kind of became more of this, you know, it, it was a tactical shooter, tactical type thing where you were having to focus so heavily on, on that. And then they started coming out with SOCOM 3 and SOCOM 4, and it just fell apart because everybody was wanting this more arcade-based style of play where it was, Run around and just, you know, run and gun. I'll say this because I haven't played any of the games. I've always wanted to play SOCOM 2, but I never have. I'll say this about SOCOM 3. It has an excellent... Uh, that and SOCOM Combined Assault, the two of those games have excellent scores done by Jim Dooley. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, the music is great. I love yeah, the music. Yeah, it's just the gameplay. It's just... I, You know, I, I don't know how... <sighs> I would love to be a fly on the wall in, in some game developers' uh, uh, conference rooms to figure out how they come up with as many war games or, or you know, like, take Battlefield, for example. Don't get me wrong. I love the Battlefield franchise. When I first heard about Battlefield, it was Battlefield 1942 or Battlefield oh. Vietnam or, you know... Whatever, and then there was one where they went to the future and they had Battlefield twenty one forty two. I think I still have that for the PC somewhere in my closet. And over the years, it's like, okay, so you've done all these wars. What's left to do other than create your own war now? Yeah. So you can make a new game. Well, and it's like that's not the point. Well, and just to show how much they've lost their way. Their newest one that they're coming out with, Battlefield Bloodlines, mm-hmm. focuses very heavily on driving cars, much like the Grand Theft Auto games. When I first saw the trailer, I'm like, so wait, this is Battlefield Grand Theft Auto style? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And that's where I think that they've missed with this franchise. It's, it, it's like somebody took a big shit on the discs and just said, here you go. I, I don't know. It just—it's 
so weird. And there's so many first-person shooters now. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you go as far back as, like, Quake and Quake 3 and, and all this and all that. Or, you know, hell, even Duke no, – not not Duke Nukem. Um, Wolfenstein 3D and, and oh, that kind of go. thing and, and all that. Nowadays, you got your Call of Duty. You got your SOCOM. You got your um, Battlefield. Uh, you got um, – one other first-person, yeah, yeah, the the ultimate first first-person, Halo, uh, Mass Effect, yeah, <coughs> you know the Crisis this, games. There's we're naming, and this is just we're naming franchises. That's the other thing is that it's not just limited to one game because they come out with, you know, Call of Duty has Call of Duty, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Advanced Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Advanced Modern Warfare Two. <laughs> uh, you know, Black Ops. It has you know all all, all this stuff. Yeah. yeah, Ghost. Yeah, I mean, and I get it. They want to make money. They want to you know have a fan. You know, if you're going to sit there and be a game developer for a Call of Duty, you're going to want to sit there and do something. You know, if you're someone that's working on a game for that franchise, you're going to want to appeal to your fan base, and I understand that. But as much as I love first-person shooters, I've been playing Grand Theft Auto Four for seven years now since it came out. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> I would love to play five, but five, I actually went on YouTube and found someone who did a playthrough of the entire game. And I'm like, okay, I'll just wait for Grand Theft Auto 6 now because now that I've seen what the hell the endings are for Grand Theft Auto 5, I don't need to play the game. <laughs> well, I, I've got it, and I, I really have picked this up, and I'm starting to play this more than I have 4. And the main reason for it is that they're pulling in some of the older characters from the earlier series, which I like. Uh, you know, you've got, you've got a guy who's kind of... You've got a guy who's basically the one straight out of uh, Vice City, and he's, he's older and he's got you know, a shithead for a son. Mm. I love it for that. But if you want to go all the way back to the original Grand Theft Auto and Grand Theft Auto 2, they were not first person. They were not this like third person over the shoulder look. No, they weren't at all. They were top down shooters, and it was you got some shitty little cars that you got to drive around. You got some missions that were kind of like, you know, there was one that I remember getting where you had a flamethrower and you're supposed to kill a hundred people in sixty seconds with a flamethrower. I mean, the, the Grand Theft Auto franchise has come a long way. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying in general, the overall amount of first-person shooters that are out there is just staggering. And they're all interchangeable. I mean, I, I would oh, yeah. say up until this new release for Battlefield, I would say the only one that really isn't interchangeable is uh, is Battlefield. Because it was, you know, you're set, you know, whatever Battlefield game you want to pick up. Vietnam, 1942, 2142, whatever. You're set in a specific time period. All these other games like SOCOM and Modern Warfare and all this and all that, and it's just it's just so similar to everything else. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and you know, even with the original um, Call of Duty, and then if you go back to EA's Medal of Honor. Those two series were very similar in that they were based World War II type things. I remember playing Medal of Honor and loving it because it felt like playing, you know, I, it felt like I was actually running through and being involved with 
uh, uh, Saving Private Ryan type of thing. That's what was going yeah. on as you're storming the beach in Normandy with this thing. You got people dying left and right of you, and you're trying to get around without dying and being hit by a stray bullet. I thought it was great. Call of Duty had a lot of that same thing with the original Call of Duty because you got to play two sides where you were playing as Russians and you were playing as the U.S. and you were kind of going through and and fighting off the Axis powers. They did a great job with the stories. But from where they've come to what they are now, it's here, let's throw you into a match and you're going to have a bunch of people and you're going to play deathmatch and just going to shoot them up. It's Unreal Tournament all over. It's not fun. I don't get the cool storyline. I can't play on my own, really. It's made specifically for multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And that gets boring real quick. Oh, yeah. I am so not a multiplayer gamer at all. I want single-player story mode, beginning, middle, end, and that's it. I do not care about multiplayer at all. You know, I mean, if multiplayer adds another layer to it where you still get a great storyline... And then you want to play multiplayer later on, and you can pick up an extra storyline playing multiplayer? Bonus. But don't make it all straight about multiplayer. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, another series that I wanted to talk about here real quick that probably you know is beating a dead horse, but The Sims. Yeah. And I'm waiting for my wife to come running out and go, don't you dare talk bad about my <laughs> Sims. <laughs> okay. It started off with The Sims. Then you had The Sims. You had, like, add-on packs for The Sims. Uh, they had, God, what was it? Making Magic, uh, which was loosely based on Harry Potter because they couldn't actually call it Harry Potter without getting in trouble. Uh, they had The Sims Pets. They had The Sims High Life, I think it was, or something like that. It, it just all these different add-on expansion packs, and there were six or seven of them. And I think my wife still has those CDs somewhere, and if she could put them in my Mac and get them to run, she probably would. Thank (laughs) God I have a Mac. (laughs) (laughs) uh, The only Sims game I ever played was Sims Tower. Oh, man. Basically where you build a tower and then you, you know, you put people in it and you, you know, you do all this stuff and you're basically a building manager. Um, That was the only one I really, really cared about. The rest, I I would prefer to play games that are shown in TV shows more so than actual games that are out. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> so stupid, but, um, there was a, some weird interactive. It was, oh, what the hell was it called? Um, not I life. It, it was called, um, second life. Probably. No, 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 it wasn't say I, I don't know. It was called something. It was on uh, the Sweet Life on Deck, where they would go in and create their own characters and walk around the world and whatever else. And and one of the characters in the show uh, is has a crush on another character in the show, and he, the male character is sitting there, you know, hitting the K button. To kiss the other character, the, the, the female character, and instead he kicks her in the face. <laughs> it's like, oh no, no, not K, Alt K, Alt K. God, <laughs> it's like, oh my god! But like some of these games that that um, I, I had seen a couple of these online games that were shown in Law and Order Special Victims Unit for 
an episode or two, and some of those look really interesting and cool to play, but some some of the rest of these social games, I just can't get into. Yeah, it's... You know, there there are certain things which I'm glad have died. Basically, anything Zynga. <laughs> I know I'm bitching way too much about you know social social media games, but pretty much anything Zynga, like you know Mafia Wars and Farmville and bullshit like that. I, I really want to stay away from those just because that's not my that's not my generation. That's mm-hmm. the that's the millennial generation. We grew up with the NES. We grew up with the Super NES. We did not grow up playing games on our phones. That's that's meant more for the people that have, you know, poor attention. They can't focus on anything more than five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. I, I know you like Bejeweled, and I'm not going to bash on it too much, but. Well, I, you know, there are, okay, since we are talking Facebook games, I mean, there are some Facebook games that I do like. Um, most of the King games, like Candy Crush, Soda Saga, and stuff like that, I like that kind of stuff, but because it's just simple, easy, and fun, has some decent graphics and whatever else. Bejeweled, they don't, Bejeweled Blitz by, um, who the hell is this by? I don't even know. Is it uh, PopCap? Pop yeah, it's PopCap, yeah. I mean, they have some interesting things, and I, I used to love being able to beat people and get a higher score yeah. than friends of mine on Facebook. But, I mean, overall, they're all right. I, I usually use those while I'm listening to podcasts if I'm not editing podcasts. So, you know, like if I have a 45, 50-minute podcast I need to kill, I can sit here and play <laughs> Play yeah. those games for that that amount of time. Yeah, but it's there are times when you just don't. I I, I got burned out on them real quick because my mom mm-hmm. loved Farmville, and I was. Oh constantly... no! You see, I can't I can't I can't get into the Ville stuff. I I used to do some. I don't even think it's. I don't even know if it's still on on Facebook. It was um, Cafe something. Oh was... God! I know which one you're talking about. I can't think of it either. <sighs> Crap, what was it? Um, it was cafe something where you build your own cafe, you have your friends come in and you basically serve. It was that kind of game. It was basically a serving kind of game. Um, I tried the first Mafia Wars. It was... It was. It reminded me too much of the old text-based games where you have to actually write your your like, I want to move left, enter. You know, it just... I don't yeah. know. Mafia Wars is a little strange. The... The funny thing is, is I don't want to bash Zynga too much because one of the people that I've interviewed three times actually currently holds a job with them. <laughs> Christy Marks works as a day job with Zynga writing story for gameplay. Seriously? So, yeah. Shit. You, you, okay, I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> I'm going to go out and say, I know where Zynga Games is. They're here. In, they're... No, do not. No. No, no, they're literally down the street from where I work. I, I can go, I can walk to them from my business, from my job. It's, I cross one street and go down the, go down this hill a little bit. It, it's not even, it, it's not even an eighth of a mile to get to Zynga Games. Holy crap, how did I miss that? <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're based in Carlsbad. I know right where they're at. <laughs> they have a big sign outside that says Zynga Games and they got that ugly two-headed dog thing, I think it is. 
Just, <laughs> you know, yeah. So that's what I'll say about Zynga games. Uh, I don't know. I, I, You know, it's just some of these games I kind of wish that they'd stayed dead. I don't know. I I, I really think I, we're just going to leave it at that. Uh, yeah. Unless you have anything else that you wanted to bring up, Mike. Um, no, not this time around. We'll bring up a bunch of stuff in the fourth installment. All right. Sounds good. So we'll go ahead and we'll cut off here. Uh, I do want to thank everybody for listening to Talking About My Generation. Uh, you can go and visit us on our website at mygenerationpodcast.com. Uh, you can go out on Facebook and like us on Facebook, which we actually did have three new likes this week, and I want to bring those people up or mention those people here. Uh, two of them are old coworkers of mine. Uh, Bill Doan, who I used to work with at Cox, and Jaime Mariscal. I used to work with him as well. They both like the Facebook page, so I guess if they're trying to get in and listen to the show now. Please listen. Tell us what you think. And then the last person, uh, Jennifer Sunstein Henberger. Uh, Jennifer Sunstein is married to Jason Henberger, who I used to work with at Cox as well. So <laughs> she decided that she wanted to listen to it. She's got her own website out there uh, for Deals Among Us that she wants to have. She wants to do an interview with us at some point in time, so we may see some sort of little crossover there. I'm not sure yet. Um, so we've got that. If you want to go ahead and write us an email, you can write us up at an email at mygenerationpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and that's basically it. I do have some upcoming things that I'm trying to work on. I'm trying to get some interviews going on here. So hopefully you will hear us interviewing some famous people rather than just blabbing about them all the time. <laughs> uh, so Mike, I know you've got some things going on at, uh, Geekcast Radio, you want to have anything mentioned? Um, well, for anybody that likes Jim, go over and check out our new show, Showtime Synergy. Uh, the full episode reviews are going to start coming in May. We do have the first episode, the introduction, where myself, Amy, and Nicole introduce ourselves. We have a general discussion about Jim. And we do have a 30th anniversary interview with Christy Marks. This is the third time I've interviewed Miss Marks. Uh, where we basically catch up with her and ask her what's going on with her and what's going on with uh, with her stuff at Zynga and and all this and all that. And we talk about Jim for the most part uh, in that. So there is that. Um, coming up, we've by the time this airs, we probably have already aired our uh, second annual awards reveals. GCR episode 80. Radio and check out the six almost six years of content that we have. Okay. Oh boy. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting too old for this shit, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. And with that, because that was a good franchise, <laughs> Lethal Weapon franchise is pretty good, with the exception of Lethal Weapon Four. We'll just leave it off at that. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> so you guys have a good night. Thank you for listening. <laughs>